and Talk. Hello and welcome to Grow Up and Talk, a special Christmas episode. I'm here with the one and only David Edwards. Now today, we are not going to be focusing on any particular part of the reading plan like we typically do, but we thought maybe we'd give a little extra gift for you, um, for those listeners out there who want to listen to Grow Up and Talk as part of their Christmas celebration. And speaking of Christmas celebration, we have lots of ways that we celebrate Christmas, um, lots of ways that we prepare and get ready for that, lots of tradition, and lots of ways that we traditionally wind down after Christmas Day. Um, And so today we thought we would talk about how to make Jesus more central to our Christmas celebration. But before we do, let's talk about some of our favorite Christmas traditions that we have, either growing up or now or whatever those may be. So Dave, tell us a little bit about some of those traditions that you have always had, uh, even growing up. um, Yeah. That that are just central to your Christmas preparation. Right. Well, uh, so Christmas Eve, uh, I'll, I'll explain a little bit. My mom is, her side of the family is all Norwegian. Um, and so there's this Norwegian dish called Risa Grinsegrat. And if someone actually knows Norwegian, I probably said it wrong. But it's uh, it's this kind of like... <laughs> it's Please, kind Lord, of like, let there not be Norwegian listeners. <laughs> listening. Not that we don't want that. Then but, we, um, we would be international, like Santa. Yeah, wow. That'd be, oh, <laughs> Santa. Or um, maybe Jesus. So, maybe Jesus. <laughs> so the, the, this dish, this Norwegian dish is... Um, is it's called Riesbergenskrat, and it's this like kind of rice porridge that I don't like. Basically, I, half the family doesn't like it, half the family does like it, but we eat it every single year. And part of the tradition <laughs> <laughs> sounds like eating turkey to me at Thanksgiving oh, yeah. time. Oh, this this turkey, mm, so dry, but we eat it right. every year, well, anyways. Exactly. Well, I mean, to be honest, it's kind of like for us, it's kind of the part of the fun of the tradition where. Half the people like it, half people don't, half of us complain, half of us love it, but that's like part of the experience. Um, and so we do that, er- <laughs> maybe a little bit unusual, but it is, it's fun. So that's, uh, we do that every year for Christmas Eve. And then Christmas morning, when I'm, and the Christmas Eve candlelight service obviously is always like a pretty special experience. Um, and then Christmas morning, even now as a 30 year old man, I will get up early and go find my sisters so that we can go downstairs just as the kids and open our stockings. Um, don't know why I, it's like my favorite thing to do. Cause we, we, all the kids, I have three sisters, all of us get up together and open our stockings before our parents get up. And it's kind of like oh, a nice. nice quiet time. And we kind of dig through things we're chatting and we get sort of the same stuff every year. So you, <laughs> you basically know <laughs> what's going to be there. <laughs> oh yeah. It's awesome. I love every year I get pajama pants and a movie and some candy and maybe like a, a, a car calendar and a book and something else. Nice. Like it's just, it, but it's, I don't know why it's just, it's, it has a lot of like, I don't know, stain power and probably sentimental value. Yeah. Um, so those are two of my favorite kind of just regular Christmas traditions. Awesome. Um, well, I'm going to try to make this short. I'm not very good at that sometimes, but um, <laughs> for the people that know me, so, you know, growing up, um, we would celebrate, typically we would celebrate on my dad's side of the family Christmas, um, like a week before 
or no, no, no. Actually, I think, yeah, that was it was on Christmas Eve that we would celebrate my dad's side of the family, or sometimes even a week before uh, Christmas mm-hmm. Eve that we would celebrate uh, Christmas. And, you know, it used to be that they would give, everyone would get a present for each kid, and then um, it turned into, like, everyone was like, oh, let's just, and let's do a gift exchange for the older adults, and, and so we go and celebrate uh, Christmas with my dad's side of the family, Christmas Eve, um, we maybe make it to the Christmas Eve service. We hardly ever went to service on Christmas Day, but as we got older, we usually went to service on Christmas Eve, and then um, Christmas Day, we travel up to Illinois about two hours um, to go to my mom's side of the family and have Christmas there. Um, and mm-hmm. before we would travel, we would open up our presents. So we open up our presents from Santa, from each other, and then the stockings have extra things in them. So that's typically how our Christmas, you know, Eve and day celebrations panned out. So the Christmas Eve at the Lehu, that's how they say it on my dad's oh, side really? of the family. Yeah, yeah, they, it's incorrect. Um, <laughs> I hope they're not, they don't listen to this. But um, that was like the, you know, I, over the years, I, I realized, you know, that, that, that's where you got the presents that, meh, and, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but my mom's side of the family, you got exactly what you asked for. Now, the yeah. magic of Christmas to me is getting that gift that you didn't know that you wanted, mm. but was perfect for you, and the person that is the best in the world at doing that is my mother. Mm, And so I have in a way prided myself in doing, being able to do that for other people. So for me, that's part of the magic of Christmas is like one year she got me a cajon, which is like the box drum or whatever. And I didn't ask for it, uh, but she got it for me. And, and there are all sorts of different presents over the years that she's gotten for me that I didn't ask for, but are the surprise gifts. And then there's extra mm-hmm. things like gift cards and candy and uh, little knickknacks and things in the stockings afterwards. Now, my mom's side of the family, they have a tradition where they would hide. The, they started this maybe 10 years ago. They decided they were going to do this. Um, uh, they were going to hide the pickle, this pickle ornament in the Christmas tree. And this is a real tradition that people do. I think it has yeah, like German roots or something. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You hide the pickle ornament in the Christmas tree. The kids go in another room while the uh, the adults are hiding it, and then the first person to find it, they point to it, and then my uncle David, the policeman, would always verify, you know, that the person <laughs> nice. found it. He'd say, "Everybody, don't touch the tree. Don't yeah. <laughs> step away from the tree. Let me verify yeah, this." Yeah. And then yeah. you would get like a twenty twenty dollars cash or something wow. like that yeah no so so that's my mom's side and then on the Lakeview side is is more like you know don't be greedy alex appreciate what you got <laughs> and th- but then i Quit then i'm whining. getting like all these video games and and you know money over here on my my exactly what i asked for on my mom's side and my parents were were always very generous um yeah. in, at christmas time so and and, and Still to this day, uh, I will will probably ask my family to do this with us when they come to Texas this year, 
is decorating the Christmas cookies. So they have oh, these nice. cook uh, these it's the sugar cookie recipe. The cookies themselves plain would not be would be they would be fine, but it's the icing that makes mm. the cookie. And so it's all all the icing is 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 powdered sugar and milk. And when you mix oh, wow. those two things together, it just plain it just like pure sugar <laughs> like and so and and, yeah. th- and so we would we uh make different colors with food coloring dye and stuff like that and so right, we decorate right. santa and we we decorate stars and christmas trees and stuff like that and so i usually take my time and try to make something like super creative and it takes me nice an hour to do like four cookies <laughs> hey, oh, was, a single cookie one hour <laughs> yeah and then my dad or my mom has has done like 20 cookies and but they're <laughs> they're very very good especially with milk just so 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 good i love those christmas cookies so that's one of nice. that that that's been happening ever since i can't remember so anyway yeah. um yeah and of course we'd leave out you know, the milk and cookies for Santa Claus. But as you noticed, I said, a, a, we hardly ever went to church on Christmas day. We, right. you, we made it more to church on Christmas Eve. I remember that more as I got older, mm-hmm. but we didn't always do that. Um, I think when I was younger, but it became more central because because we'd still be traveling from my from the Lehu celebration and so we wouldn't always you know would we be able to make it would we not you know but then as right. the celebration kind of dwindled down a little bit um you know my my grandma did pass away at some point and I think in 2016 and so that you know the celebration changed locations it used to be at my grandparents house but then they got too old to host it and so it kind of moved around and so it became a little bit easier to get back home from collinsville illinois to go to our home church christmas eve service right well and uh, so one of the comments that it sounded like you were you were starting to make or you kind of did make was that in all of our christmas tradition discussion the central figure, I don't think, was Jesus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and 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 it's not it's not like these are bad traditions. I I no, fully no. intend to continue. I traditions, I found out know? Santa Claus but... wasn't real and until I was in. What? <laughs> you can't Spoiler that. alert! Yeah, yeah, we might have to put that in the the, the description. But yeah, I didn't spoiler, find yeah. out Santa. I believed in Santa Claus until fifth grade. Nice. Like I was a true believer, man. I was a true oh, yeah. believer <laughs> all the way. <laughs> All the way. Anyway, nice go ahead. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. So I. I mean, like you said at the beginning, one of the goals of the of their uh, virtual gathering today was to give people or discuss how we could make Jesus a more central part of our Christmas celebration. Um, and and well, because it's you know, and even it it makes me think that it's one of those things that we know is true among many things, but what does it actually look, or what do we actually do to reflect the truth of it? You know, like mm-hmm. everyone, every good Christian knows Jesus is the reason mm-hmm. for the for season, season kind of talking. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, but what does that look like on Christmas morning when you're gathered with your family? You know, what does yeah. that look like Christmas Eve when the, 
where in the church year would have a big kind of a festive gathering. Um, and, and how does that inform the way you prepare, like prepare for Christmas, you know, like during Advent. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it, <clears throat> it seems like we have a lot of, a lot of cool opportunities to really highlight what it is that we're celebrating. Namely the savior of the nations has come. You know, as the hymn goes, Savior <laughs> of the nations, come. I just want to oh, go out good. to war after I sing that song. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's a good church militant song, I guess. I don't know, but it is. It sounds good. And it, it and sounds it, like it, a I, church militant song. I don't know if the words yeah. are. Yeah, but it, it does. It helps convey the gravity of what it is we're celebrating. And, you know, and it's not just like a sweet little baby boy that's going to be nice in, in uh, ornaments and pictures, but it's the savior of the world, you know? Yeah. I mean, and and I just because we're so familiar with it, we 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 sometimes miss the specific focus of it. It yeah. being Jesus. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know, man, like one one kind of I don't know, simple. I keep saying I don't know as if I don't know what I'm saying, but <laughs> I uh, one of the simple things we could do, I think is just sit down with your family and read the birth account from Matthew oh, or yeah. Christmas morning. I mean, it, why not? Well, what do you, it might feel a little bit awkward or no one's really used to it, but before you open your presents, before you turn on all the music, before you uh, get the early lunch mm. ready for, you know, whatever, just sit down as a family and try reading what Matthew or Luke have to say about the birth of Jesus. Um, and let the word of God do its work, you know. Yeah. Let it let it shape your thinking and your approach to all the gifts and um, and maybe maybe even during Advent prior to that, develop some kind of if you don't have it already, consider developing a good devotion. Well, depends on when people hear this, but you know, take an opportunity to develop a good devotional practice yeah. through the season of Advent that, yeah. that's specifically focused on preparation. Well, and and another thing that I've realized that we're kind of up against as pastors and just as, as a church is, you know, like the secular commercialism of Christmas, Mm, the Christmas season is like this ginormous monster (laughs) and we are battling against it. And, but one thing I think will be continue to be important for us going forward as a church, as a whole is emphasizing and just really explaining in easy to understand terms the difference between how the there are some differences in how the the uh, the rest of society celebrates christmas and how we the church celebrate and prepare for christmas so a lot of people call it the christmas season well in the church year it's actually advent season and, right. and explaining what Advent means. I really hit that home last year with our sermon series that I, it's one of my favorites, was the profile nice. pictures where every sermon yeah. had an image, and I, I just loved that one. Um, but, you know, just really emphasizing the difference between Advent and then Christmas and mm-hmm. and really holding out, you know, if you're for all you good Lutherans out there, really holding out and not trying to sing those christmas songs and in, in, right. in worship before it's you know too early but really right. emphasizing the 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 first coming of christ and also 
really, um, I, I talk a lot about the second coming of Jesus, the right, second coming right. of Jesus. And I don't think I talked about that or thought about that a lot until I, I went through seminary. Because, right. like, I remember in my preaching classes, like, you know, they were like, preach the, yes, preach the cross. Yes, preach about the resurrection. Preach about the, the return of Jesus. And I remember right. that so vividly. Right. And so ever since then, I've been just, I've been thinking, yeah, we got to hammer this home. We got to hammer this yeah. home, like, especially during Advent. And then even emphasizing, I think this year, for December 27th, since it's so close after Christmas, I think the mm-hmm. title of my sermon is going to be Christmas isn't over yet. Mm, nice, dude. <laughs> and that just awesome. really emphasize like, you know, in the church it is 12 days, the 12 days of right. Christmas, you know, and right. then we have Epiphany and, and that kind of thing. So I think there, uh, depending on your context, I think you can right. emphasize those things a little bit more. Um, and you can explain that to your kids, of course. But I, I like what you said about just trying to you can start your own traditions about um, mm-hmm. that 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 help you learn those things and i even did right. a kids message earlier this um season which uh where i i, I couldn't remember <laughs> the whole point of why we celebrate and i held up oh, like yeah. a santa claus advent calendar so like you know one one thing that was like memorable for me growing up was my mm, mom mm. would get me an advent calendar and she gets my son oh, an yeah. advent calendar every year too but even advent calendars have become commercialized commercialized yeah and, but they still use the word advent so <clears throat> right. that's actually a bit of a win for yeah. us in the sense yeah. that the word advent is still out there and right. so right you know we can we can piggyback off of that and I, so I think Advent calendars that are more biblically centered, like um, uh-huh. we have a couple of those um, that I've seen and, and and stuff like that. But even, you know, the regular Advent calendars and stuff, I think it remi- you can kind of make a connection with that. Like, oh, right. actually right now we're in the season of Advent. That's why this is called an Advent calendar or whatever. Right, right. Um, yeah, well, and, and I mean, uh, as you're talking, uh, one of the thoughts that came to my mind is, again, when we think about what it, does it look like to make or to focus on Jesus as the central part of your Christmas celebration, a big part of, I think, bringing that reality or bringing that into reality is by what your practices are. And so, again, a simple practice could be have a family Advent calendar that each day through the season of Advent, the whole family, even if it's just for five seconds, gathers together opens the Advent calendar, reads the passage, prays together. You know what I mean? Like the arrival of Jesus, the celebration of his birth, and then the anticipation of his return is something that is, you know, specifically focused on during the season. And if you can get yourself out of whatever else you're doing for just a few minutes to look at that and draw your attention to that, I I think that helps to shape and form what you're focusing on, especially um, during the celebration. Like my my Advent sermon series is going to be going through Mark 13 in three different parts, right? And that Mark 13 is especially focused on Jesus' future return. But like you said, those are the two things that kind of come together on the Christmas, during our Advent season as we're anticipating the celebration of Jesus' birth. So, I mean, doing that during the season of Advent, I think it's helpful. And then on Christmas Day itself, I don't know, maybe even just taking some time to pray together as a family before or after you maybe after you open all your gifts thanks be to god for the gifts that we've received you know 
I mean, doing normal Christian I'm stuff. I'm all for praying <laughs> like after praying. because, you know, okay. I, 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 I can never, I always eat a little bit before I, at dinner time <laughs> yeah. before I pray. And I don't oh, yeah. do that in public because, you know, <laughs> yeah. some, some people pastor, are, yeah, because I'm a pastor, get, I can't do pretty... those things, you know. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But at, in my home... Yeah. I'm publicly <laughs> confessing by putting this on the podcast, but at, I forgive my, you. I think is it a sin? <laughs> really? Really? Um, <laughs> I, I just like to take a couple bites and then we pray. But I remember, I do remember vividly um, in grade school, we would pray I don't know. I think the classes would pray individually. We'd have the Flintstone prayer and the Adams family prayer and the Superman prayer and all those fun prayers wow. um, before we went to lunch, before we even went to the cafeteria. But then at the very end of lunch, the teacher would stand up and get our attention and um, would uh, signal that it was time to do the closing prayer. There was an after lunch prayer that we would say in our Lutheran school, and it was, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever, which is actually from Psalm 118, which Psalm 116 through 118 was portions of that were used as the hymn that was sung after the Passover. Mm. And I recently learned that because I had a, some sermon of it. I think at, at the end of November or whatever. And so right. that quite possibly could have been what Jesus and his disciples were singing at the end mm. of their Passover meal, which got turned into the first or the first Lord's supper, but what we know right. as the last supper as well. Right. But, um, so anyways, so even praying afterwards and, and re- remembering where these, these gifts come from and that kind of thing. But also right. um, maybe I, I think of um, one, one thing you could do as a family is do something that's, that's missional, that's very yeah. outreach oriented, that, that's very generous um, toward your community or your neighbors or something like that. Um, I think, I, I think that Halloween is actually one of the easiest times to be missional as Mm -hmm. a Christian community, because literally everyone in America actually comes out of their house and talks to each other. Right. And it's super easy to just be out on the front and meet your neighbors and just maybe offer them something for free and just, or just have food, have a bonfire. Now we're talking like, I mean, the pandemic, you know, right. Divi- has divided some things more than we'd yeah. like, but, um, eventually I th- think we'll get through that, but, oh, but yeah. even like, you know, just doing something to having a tradition of like, Oh yeah, we always go and do this act of kindness or we always go mm-hmm. and volunteer here or, uh, and you can make that a part of your tradition in preparation sure. for Christmas or even after Christmas or, um, uh, something that Aaron and I did a long time, uh, actually fourth year in seminary is we went to the Keith and Christian Getty concert, mm. um, sing an Irish Christmas. And their big, their big thing is actually trying to, um, is actually trying to encourage people and parents and families to sing 
some of the common Christmas carols. Yeah. Like now, now, you know, they're, they're proposed, they might be proposing that a little bit more in the Advent season versus, Mm -hmm. you know, waiting until Christmas to, to sing that. And so, right. You know, but, but their, their thing was we need to keep these carols alive and, uh, you know, so maybe making a special Christmas con for me, music is a big thing. So maybe making right, a, right. attending a, a Christmas concert that is Christ centered, you know, a family tradition in preparation for Christmas or even after Christmas or on Christmas or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one album I listen to every year during December is behold the lamb of God by Andrew Peterson. And it was introduced to me by my friends in Oklahoma because they use, they like are obsessed with it and they (laughs) use it for their like modern version of lessons and carols um, service. And, and that whole album takes you from the beginning of like the Exodus all the way to the birth of Christ. And it's really well done. Andrew Peterson is quite the storyteller. So for me, music is a big thing, and and so that's one way that I like to focus on um, on Christ in, in my preparation as well, and even playing that kind of music. And one of my favorite bands, Ren Collective, came out with a mm. new Christmas album this year, and they have a song that is called "Today Is the Savior's Day." So they're making like some modern songs that are kind of fun and easy to sing to jacks uh sings along to it because nice. you know he he play we play it enough and it's it's you know he dances to it and and all those things yeah. and so i think there's ways that those are uh, ways that we can especially through music and singing that we can make uh christ central because because those stick in our minds mm-hmm. even like definitely before christmas even begins and, you know, even afterwards. But um, one tradition that I've heard of that is kind of kind of silly, but um, there was a good, I heard it once in a sermon preached by Steve Roma, actually. It oh, was nice. One of the best Advent sermons I've, I've, I've ever heard where he talked about this tradition that their family had where they would hide baby Jesus in different places in the mm. house. And every day you'd you'd try to find where baby Jesus was, and one day he found baby Jesus in his cereal, and um, <laughs> nice. and then but baby Jesus would not go into the manger nativity scene until like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and so that was a tradition that they did, because like that's like the Christian version I would say of like Elf on the Shelf, and right, um, but anyway, it's so, not an elf. Yeah, yeah, it's not an elf. Dude. It's not not an elf that's like watching you, <laughs> right? It's Jesus, yeah. Anyways, so I, I think it sounds like what we're saying is you know ha- continue spiritual disciplines, mm. you know, of of reading God's word, of of praying together as a family, but you know, I also think that developing your own traditions during Mm -hmm. this time that point you back to Christ, you know, in the midst of all the other stuff. Right. But I think important. 
Right. I think what just what you said there made me think of why we're even having this conversation. Because as in life, there are a lot of things that take us in different directions, especially during Advent and in Christmas. There is a lot, and like you said earlier, there's a lot of strong pressure pushing you in a certain direction, uh, trying to tell you what you should be focusing on during yeah. For Christmas, and and so it's, it's even more important now for us to make kind of I don't know double and concerted efforts, yeah, to to turn our attention to the the celebration of the birth of Jesus, who in came for you know you yeah. <laughs> and me and for all people. Yeah, I do think that doubling down during Christmas time for followers of Jesus is probably the way to go in the future, especially. I mean, one thing that I hope to do um, as my children grow older is I'm more musically inclined. And like I said, I connect Mm -hmm. through music is just to be able to sing together as a family, a couple of songs, you know, on Christmas Eve or Christmas day or something like that. And just be able to do that. And, and for me, that's, um, for me, that that that's kind of like a little dream of mine is to be sitting around as a family on Christmas Day and and and, um, and everyone to just let's let's sing a song together, you know. Before yeah, that's we, awesome. I would be willing to do that before we opened our presents. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you could you could sing you can you can yeah. sing a good a good like a celebratory song, right? And then open your presents and then pray. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and I, I do think that, you know, classic carols and hymns uh, certainly have a place. I think they're important, but I also uh, really admire the people that are uh, creating some modern and contemporary Christian Christmas songs. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. And, because I think those can be helpful, especially for younger generations who maybe don't understand um, some of the older carols and and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but um yeah anyways um i don't know i don't know if we got anywhere with uh (laughs) well i mean i don't know i was i was just doing kind of a i was doing kind of a mental recap you know and we we talked about what are some traditions you can use for christmas day to keep jesus centrally focused praying together before or after opening your gifts or both uh singing together um doing things doing intentional devotional time throughout the season of advent are just those are three very simple basic yet significantly beneficial practices you can implement um to keep jesus central in your celebration i agree um one thing my wife and i have also implemented is that less gifts come from santa than from mom and dad. And I've, I've heard of families doing that before. And I, I actually oh, yeah. think that's really helpful. Um, yeah, one I, thing I I've gotten concerned about is like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like I was really old when I found out <laughs> like, yeah. you know, but, but you know, some people argue or, and I even have gotten concerned about this is this going to yeah. lead my child into a faith crisis where they they don't believe well, well if santa's not real how do i know like jesus yeah. is real or anything else yeah. you tell me is, is true or whatever and that's even with like elf on the shelf but like right I, we have elf on the shelf and oh. before i knew it 
I just couldn't help myself. I, I'm just so good at hiding that thing. Oh yeah. And, uh, I would move it every time that like Jax would go and hide it somewhere. And I knew exactly where he hid it. I'd maybe peek yeah. or whatever, or he'd tell me, don't <laughs> look. The last place you look is in this blue bin here. And so I knew it was there. Yeah. And so when he wasn't looking, yeah. I would just take it and then I'd go and hide it somewhere else. And he'd be like, Oh my goodness. He, he magically like transported yeah. and stuff. And, and right. I, I used to think all sorts of things from about Santa oh, yeah. Claus from the movies and, and stuff like that. And, um, I never really believed in Santa Claus. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so I never really got like Santa. I, and it's not that my parents like, like, like told us necessarily, but I just have no recollections of it. They never, I never got like Santa Claus Chris. I got him from grandparents once mm-hmm. a few times, but my parents never did. So I, I'm, I'm one of those people. I and, got tons out, of gifts from Santa Claus and they were always yeah. wrapped in special wrapping paper. Oh, interesting. That, you know, they weren't from Santa Claus. That was different than my parents' wrapping paper. So, yeah. But uh, that insulated on the way down from uh, the North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> but I never really put it together that, you know, how impossible it would be to yeah. hit every home in the world yeah. in one night. I never really thought it, about that. Well, yeah. I mean, so. Anyways. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We're going to we are putting a spoiler alert warning, right? Aren't we? At the yeah, beginning of this. I, I, I guess we probably should. <laughs> probably should. I don't think By there the are way, any young young children that listen to our podcast. Probably not. But, um but you never know. And I think I mean, who is the actual saint? Saint Nicholas, is that right? Mhm. The actual, yeah. He was real and lived. Yeah, and he definitely was. Fought heresy. Fought yeah. heresy. Didn't he like punch yes. a guy in the face? That's what the tradition is. That's, that's what, what the tradition what is, but yeah, yeah. There's, I think there's some debate about it as to uh, as to whether or not it actually happened. Yeah, but it sounds cool. Yeah. So yeah. I think the um, you know, we talked about some things that you can do to make Christ more central. I think it's just um, you know, becoming, you know, developing those practices and habits as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of the resources I like to, I've been really um, into and, and want to dig into more and possibly implement some things from is Lutheran Hour Ministries, uh, spirit, well, actually Barna's Spiritually Vibrant Households, or it's mm. called Households of Faith, I think, and they partnered with Lutheran Hour Ministries to, to see what it takes for families to be spiritually vibrant. A theme I've heard from a lot of parents before is like, well, I don't feel like I'm equipped to, mm-hmm. you know, teach my kids these things. And so I think part of our task as a church is also um, giving parents and families, kind of guiding them and walking with them in right. some possible traditions that they could add on to their, their Christmas celebration or offer yeah. things that, you know, make it easy for people to focus on make it easier for them to focus on Christ offer a Christmas concert or or point to them to a Christmas concert or or write a devotional for them that that's simple Mm -hmm. or or make up something you know fun or host a a fun Christmas party or you know it'd be kind of funny is if you like hosted the Christmas isn't over party on December like 28th every year or something something like that yeah 
So just really um, emphasizing, finding ways, creative ways, I think, to emphasize um, the difference between how, how Christians think of Christmas and, you know, how they see it through a much different lens. Um, even right. though like, you know, you still might ride a carriage and go see all the lights and everything. There's a festive Ooh, spirit a in the air. And I think that's helpful, um, for that. I've often thought that we, as a church, we should take the festive spirit that we put into Christmas and put mm-hmm. that surround and surround that, um, surround Easter with that a little mm, bit more. Yeah. Um, cause I've yep. always wanted to host like this huge party on the n- Sunday night after, uh, on Easter Sunday night because yeah, most That's people are idea. off on, on Easter Monday. And so you host this like humongous party in your backyard. You call it the Easter shindiggery or whatever. And, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you sing songs, you dance, you just play games. You just have a, have a party, have a good time. Yeah, um, that's a yeah. I like that. So I think just kind of guiding people and offering them opportunities to um, just be creative, because we're gonna have to be creative. We're gonna have to yeah. find new ways to translate the timeless truth of God into the language of today. Mm-hmm. And that's a. I think that's what Christmas is all about. It's God mm-hmm. becoming, communicating Him who He is and who we are, in mm-hmm. a way that was even more personal than just the written word. It was the, the, the personal word of God mm, became mm-hmm. even more personal by literally becoming, becoming more a person. down to earth. Yeah. Becoming yeah, a person yeah. and becoming literally more down to earth because he came right. down to earth. So, um, I think that's what God is all about. And so that's mm. our task as, as churches, as families is to find ways to communicate the centrality of Jesus mm-hmm. and Christmas in ways that are easy to understand or contagious or, mm-hmm. I guess, exciting. Well, it is pretty exciting that Jesus came into the world. <laughs> you it know? is. So <laughs> let's make sure that people understand that, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, man, we have, we have a, a monumental but worthwhile task. Yeah. Definitely. So anyways, um, hopefully, hopefully this, (laughs) hopefully this is helpful. (laughs) Good luck out there, everybody. Um, (laughs) but I, I, you know, I still enjoy, um, watching the different Christmas movies and and stuff like that. Jax is really into the Grinch and, um, you know, uh, but I, but you know, I, I, I feel like I'm sort of doing, some Jesus focusing when I watch Charlie Brown Christmas, <laughs> but that was like, yeah. it's, it's like one of the most subtle ways of popping, popping Jesus in there at the end, you know, but, but it was, yeah. I mean, it was, um, uh, really, um, out there for its time. They right. did like this right. special anniversary, um, uh, viewing of it on ABC, I remember a few years ago, and so yeah, yeah, man, a lot of cool opportunities to to turn our attention to the central reality that Jesus has come mm-hmm. to be born to save us, and hopefully, our conversation was mildly entertaining <laughs> and and fairly helpful, <laughs> and uh, and and hopefully, this can continue to be an encouragement for people 
uh, as, as they seek ways to see the fullness of the gift of the arrival of Jesus. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for listening uh, to us today and talking with us. Um, we will talk with you next time. Have a Merry Christmas and Merry a Happy Christmas. New Year. <laughs> All right. Peace.